Yeah, the weather report is uh, rainy. Now, what I have to say about that, well, first I have to check and see if this is actually recording, which it is. Um, and if this is a little loud, it's because I'm having to hold it up. I'm having to hold my phone up to my head so it doesn't get rained on. But like I was just about to say, if you can't handle the weather at its best, you don't deserve the weather at its worst. Or maybe I mean the opposite. If you can't handle the weather at its worst, you don't deserve the weather at its best. And that's a play, obviously, on that popular quote that primarily young women use a lot. You see it almost exclusively from younger women. And by younger, I mean anywhere from, like, teenage to, like, 45. Basically everybody but old women. Uh, but it's a, a very popular phrase among women, which is, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. And I don't know why that's not more popular with everyone. I don't know why young men don't use it. I mean, I guess it has this certain sassy tone to it. It's been sort of marketed toward women, maybe. Because I do think it appears on bumper stickers. I do feel like I've seen that, you know, in more places than just like someone's social media page. I mean, that's the sort of thing that you would have seen like back in the day, like when people could put in like a custom quote into their AOL instant messenger profile. You would have seen that quote. I mean, I think that quote's been around for a very long time. And that actually makes me wonder what the origin of it is. If you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Not a very complicated idea. I think, I mean, it, I think we can all intuitively understand that. And sometimes people use it as sort of an excuse to be shitty. Uh, it's, it's, it's sort of an excuse to be like, well, uh, you're going to have to handle my worst 90% of the time if you want to have the privilege of dealing with my best 10% of the time. You know, sometimes people do get very, uh, <laughs> very loose with the ratios of that idea, because there are ratios to it. Uh, and another version of it, I think, another good version of it would be, if you can't handle the worst Harry Potter book, you don't deserve to read the best Harry Potter book. I mean, you can apply it to anything. Uh, but it is surprising to me that, that quote isn't more universal, why more people don't use it and why it is so popular among younger women in particular. I mean, I think there might be something to it where maybe women feel that when they are in a bad mood, they, they're, they tend to be dismissed more easily or... People don't really give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't know. I think there's something to be said for it. I mean, I think there's a reason why women gravitate toward that quote. Um, but it is an interesting quote, and I like the opposite, too, that I you know, mistakenly said about the weather, where it's like, if you can't handle me at my uh, best, you don't deserve me at my worst. Because it, it is sort of a privilege to get to experience someone at their worst. Because I think we've all had that experience with maybe a significant other where we're in a fight with them. I've definitely had this, where you're in a fight with your significant other and then you say you're picking somebody up to go to a party 
and you've been fighting in the car with them and then you pick somebody else up and all of a sudden your significant other is really nice all of a sudden they're really nice because there's another person in the car even though they were like hurling insults at you moments earlier or maybe it's you maybe i mean i've certainly been in, in the other I've been the one wearing the pair of shoes <laughs> in that situation as well, where, you know, I've been the one who's in the really bad mood and, you know, the person, my significant other or my mom or somebody, you know, is taking the brunt of my bullshit and then somebody else comes along, the waiter comes up, the waiter comes up to take our order and I'm just the nicest person in the world. God knows that it's me some of the time too. Uh, but... <laughs> You know, it is one of those things, though, where to some degree, even though it sucks, it can be a privilege to see somebody at their worst. And in that way, the reverse of that cliche quote is true, too, which is, you know, if you can't handle me at my best, you don't deserve to see me at my worst. You know, and I've thought a lot about that lately because, you know, my mom and I have talked a lot about how good our relationship was. But at the same time, I can be really moody. Sometimes she could annoy me. Sometimes I would snap. And when you're very close to somebody, you'll do that. And I hesitate to even say that because when you bring that up after someone dies, they think that you're blaming yourself or that you're lost in a sea of regret. But I have regrets and I'm okay with that. It's just because you have regrets doesn't mean you're you can't be okay with them too. And that's been a part of this experience for me is my mom saw me at my worst. I could be a fucking brat. Even in the days leading up to when she passed away, there were moments where I was a fucking brat, man. A brat man. Truly a brat man, because I am a man. And uh, just because I'm a man doesn't mean I can't be a brat. But there were, there were things that I think about where I was like, oh yeah, you know, I was, I was rude or impatient. And, but that was just, I, you know, at the end of the day, that was just the nature of being close to somebody. And I, I might regret it, but I don't regret having regrets. And therefore, I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it. There's not anything for me to work out. You know, I can just grieve... And I don't have to do some sort of, you know, I, there's nothing to untangle there, which I'm grateful for. Uh, that itself is a privilege, that I don't feel like I have to untangle something other than just the sheer loss and the lifetime of experience that you have with somebody. But that is something that happens when you're close to somebody, and it's the same thing with relationships, with it's funny, when I say relationships, I almost always mean romantic. It's funny how that carries so much weight, you know, because I'm, I'm always talking on this show about how everything's a relationship. The fact that you're alive at the same time, the fact that you're alive at the same time as somebody who's on the other side of the planet who you'll never see is a relationship because you're both alive at the same time. And that's a closer relationship you have to that person that you'll never meet than somebody who is dead, who didn't live during your timeline on Earth. You know, so even though I'm of the opinion that, like, everything's a relationship, oh, I passed by someone once. You know, I, I passed by someone once when I was traveling. And that's a closer relationship 
than I'll have to people on the other side. You know, it's like you know, I'm all I'm a, I'm a big fan of this idea that everything is a relationship. But when I say relationship, you know, obviously I'm I tend to mean romantic. But that's another side of it when you know someone has a breakup, which is a form of death. <laughs> for some people more than others uh it'd be great to see some uh one sec uh th th oh, sorry that'd be great too I, was, I just had to check and see if it was still recording i'm not used to holding the phone like this but it'd, it'd be great to talk to somebody who's just going through a breakup and be and hear them be like don't you know breaking up is a form of death uh, <laughs> but uh it is. It really is that that kind of loss, and it's a strange one because the other person is still there. You can still contact them, and they might ignore you, or you might ignore them, and so it's it's a strange because when two people come together, they form a third entity. You know, it's almost like Transformers when there's those different the Constructabots or Constructicons. They they're each like a separate robot, but they can form a larger robot together. Well, we all do that in any of our relationships where two people create a third entity. And that entity only exists when those two exact people come together. And when those people either break apart or stop being friends or whatever it is, they could just be coworkers. And one person leaves the job and there was a third entity that existed between them and that is now gone it could be anything it's what happens when you form any kind of relationship is it creates this third entity between you and so when, when you break up that third entity dies <laughs> which sounds really sad we can't break up we're not gonna break up if we break up a third that third entity that we both love is gonna die uh, <laughs> it's like you hear about people who threaten suicide when their significant when their significant other tries to break up with them but i like the idea of like being like or instead of being like it's it's about the kids we can't break up because we have a kid together but instead being like there is a third entity that only exists if you and i if you're wearing my ring there's a third entity that only exists if we're going steady and if you break up with me uh you'll kill it You'll kill that third invisible entity. It's true, though. So, uh, you know, there is a death that goes along with that, and that's part of accepting breakups. And the reason I'm even talking about this is, is this idea of regret or looking back at things and, like, thinking about the good as well as the bad. And there's a tendency over time, you know, someone's been through a breakup and they think about... In the immediate, there's a lot of bad stuff because maybe there was fighting, just a, a pervasive feeling of dread. That's been more my experience, is you think about that, just you had that feeling of dread for the last two months and you didn't know what to do with it and it stays with you for a little while. Uh, but with other people, it's fighting. Maybe you're just thinking about the fact that you fought all the time near the end. But over time, you start to think more about the good things and the bad things kind of slip away. And some people might tell you, like, keep, keep thinking about the bad things. And it's like, there's a reason why those things slip away, though. And no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't forget the bad things and end up back in a toxic relationship with that person. You shouldn't forget the bad things and end up, you know, retracing your steps somewhere where you don't need to go again. 
But I think there's a reason why, as time passes after a breakup, why you stop seeing the bad things, or stop seeing them the same way, why they stop having the same weight, and you can just look at the good things. And I think it relates to this idea of a literal death, like when someone you know dies, someone that you love, and you look back and you think like, oh, you know, they really saw the worst of me sometimes, but that's okay. It's not that the bad things in any kind of relationship go away with time. It's that you start to see them as okay. And if they're bad things, why is that? If these things are bad, why are they suddenly okay? And in my case, with this recent death in my life, I felt that they were okay right away. And it's kind of awkward to bring them up. It's kind of awkward to have a conversation with someone about them because it gets into this weird game that people play where it's like, don't beat yourself up. Whatever you do, don't blame yourself. And I like that people want to say that because they, they think they're being helpful. And there are people who beat themselves up and need to hear that. But the unfortunate part is you can't even talk about regret or you can't, you can't be real unfortunately, without people falling into this script of like, don't beat yourself up. Don't, don't beat yourself up. That third entity died, but don't beat yourself up. It's not your fault. Um, but it's, it's important to be able to be real about these things. I think if you're actually able to take control of them, I think you have to be real. And uh, no matter what the loss in your life is, whether it's a breakup, whether it's a death, I think you have to be able to be real and maybe everyone has their own pace or their own, you know, rhythm for that. You know, maybe not everybody can be completely real right away and some of that depends on the people around you because uh, a fortunate part of my experience right now is I don't have people around me who I can't be real around and that helps immensely because some families are very melodramatic and some families are very uh, tightly wound and you can't express yourself honestly around them or sometimes the people all the people in your life are that way you can't imagine how that feels uh, but I think it's very important to be real and to not just see those things as okay to not just see your worst behavior as okay and it's all relative. I mean, there's things that are horrible that people do. Like, I mean, I mean, if you, like, beat your wife or, like, tried to kill your wife or something, I don't know what that's like to... I don't know what that kind of regret is like. I don't know what that's like. You know, I'm just talking about kind of being moody or impatient. And... Uh, um... In that way, I'm just trying not to get hit by a car right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, in that way, it's like, I know what it's like to, like, have been moody and impatient and short with people I care about. All sorts of people. I would say anybody who's ever been close to me, anybody I've ever truly cared about, has probably seen a side of me that isn't very attractive. And that is, like I said, moody, impatient, and short are the words that come to mind. And my mom certainly experienced that side of me. And I'm not saying that she should have felt privileged to see that, 
But I know that in my experience, thinking back about the people I know who have been that way toward me, friends, girlfriends, you know, you might not like it when it's happening, but when you think about the fact that somebody was comfortable enough around you to let go, and unfortunately letting go sometimes means exposing that side of yourself that isn't very attractive, that isn't very fun. Uh, you know, and like I said, it is relative. Where like some people are really fucked up and, and abusive and dangerous, and I think that's a whole other discussion. Maybe, maybe it's not though. Maybe if you you climb up even higher, maybe if you take an even higher vantage point, even those things can become somehow okay when all is said and done. I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying I don't know. I don't know how that works because it's not in my experience. It's not something I've experienced one way or another. I've never been abused and I've never abused. Um, but, uh, but you know, I, I have been a dick and I've had people be mean to me. I've had people be mean to me. My, my worst problem is people have been mean to me. But it's one of those things where those things do become okay and they even become kind of silly. They might become kind of silly. I mean, I think we all have that experience where if we've been in a fight or an argument with somebody and we take a step back while it's happening or immediately afterward, we're just like, holy shit, this is embarrassing. This is silly. This is even funny. This is funny that this that two human beings with all their passions and ideas and this and that are fighting over this. We're fighting over our place in line. We're fighting over a fucking french fry. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's funny how, like, sometimes everything does just boil down to that and does become silly. And that should help, that should help you see those things as okay. You shouldn't beat yourself up over that. Oh, I can't believe I got in a fight over a french fry. I can't believe my girlfriend and I were at McDonald's sharing a, a biggie fry. And, uh, you know, there was one French fry left and I just instinctively grabbed it because I'm the man. I'm bigger. I thought that I could bully my way into grabbing the last French fry and it, it was the, the French fry that broke the camel's back and then we got in a big public fight in McDonald's. Uh, you know, looking at something like that, you can see wh how silly that is after the fact or you should be able to. And you shouldn't beat yourself up over that. You should, you should just be like, wow, isn't it funny how life can lead you down such a narrow corridor that a french fry turn, can provoke the most embarrassing situation of your life, which I haven't been in. In my experience, it was a chicken wing. I'm not even kidding. And it wasn't in public. But it, there was a chicken wing incident <laughs> where I took the last chicken wing and it started a fucking fight <laughs> and it came up months later I mean that actually happened uh, and I love it I love it I love that a fucking some poor animal sacrificed its fucking wing to be like fried and sold at a pizzeria so that I could get in a fight over it with the person I cared about the, the girl that I cared about, you know, that, that is fucking funny if anything is. Uh, so, 
Uh, but, but that just shows you. I mean, it just shows you that it's all okay. It's all fun. At the end of the day, all that stuff is actually kind of fun. That that's what we go through. And that we get to deal with it later. And, uh, you know, acceptance is, is a part of all of this, but so is honesty. And, you know, you, you can accept the fact that you're going to have regrets. You can accept the fact that people are going to see, you know... Are, people are going to see you at your worst and you're going to see them at your worst and it's a privilege if you get to see that side of each other it's a privilege if you get to fight over a chicken wing it's a privilege if, if you get into an argument with your mom the person who spawned you about something that you can't even remember you know that kind of thing is is just truly a privilege and it, it's hard to see that you know from when you're at the ground level just living your life, it can be difficult to see that. Because you're like, well, you know, how could you possibly see this petty bullshit as a privilege? And it's like the fact that, that the fact that you were able to see it and identify it as petty um, it, it means, I don't know, I don't know, where, I don't know where I'm going with that. I, I had all this momentum, but I do think you have to start to, you want to take personal responsibility for everything you did, the good and the bad, but I think if you can see that as a privilege, that quote that girls repeat all the time becomes very true, and the reverse of it does too. You know, where if, if you don't uh, like the weather at its worst, you don't deserve the weather at its best. If you don't like Cancun in the middle of a tropical storm, you know, you don't deserve Cancun when the breeze is gentle and the waves are nice and rolling rolling all nice and slow you just don't deserve Cancun period <laughs> uh, if, I, there are a lot of different ways let's get real creative with this you know I, come up with your own come up with your own version of, of this you know the ratio is important too you gotta think about the ratio you know, because you think about the other quote that I like, which is like 95% devil, 5% angel. That's another one that's, that's another one that's popular with girls. Why are all these quotes so popular with young women? 95% devil, or, or is it the opposite? I don't even remember which is which on that one. 95% devil, it might be 90, I think it's 95% angel, 5% devil. Uh, but but either way, like girls like that, and I think other people do too. They just don't use quotes about it, and I don't know why. That's the real mystery in all of this. Uh, the mystery in all of this is why do young women tend to like quotes that involve like the best and worst of us, the angel and the devil, and apply these ratios to it. But you know you do have to ask yourself questions about that with the whole like if you don't if you if you can't handle me at my worst you don't deserve me at my best that'd be a good one to put ratios on where it's like 95% best 5% worst that'd be a good bumper sticker or if you don't if you can't handle me when I'm the devil you don't deserve me when I'm an angel see we can get real creative with this uh, if you can't handle me when I'm watching football, you don't deserve me when I'm watching the news. Now, that, I don't know, that doesn't sound good. 
If you can't handle me when I'm watching the news, you don't deserve me when I'm watching football. Maybe that's a better one. Uh, but yeah, you can find your own. You can you can find your own ratios, and you can also find your own examples of, of this, because it is an idea that people like, uh, and there you know there is something to it. Uh, there is something to the idea of having to deal with somebody when they're not in their ideal state. But I think that when they're not in their ideal state, that too is something to value. And not something to just put up with so that you can deal with them when they are in their ideal state. Yeah, just a little addendum I want to add real quick. And I don't think people actually have that much of a problem dealing with each other when they are in their best and worst states. I think that people actually have a much harder time dealing with each other everywhere in between. Because when someone's in their best or worst state, you know where they stand and you know how you feel about them. Even if they're pissing you off, even if you're really just thrilled, you're just thrilled. I'm thrilled with you right now. Uh, but it, it's one of those things where, uh, as I drive by a police officer, fortunately I'm recording this hands-free. Um, but, uh, it, it is one of those things where we have an easy time dealing with people when they're at their best and worst because we know how we feel about them and we know how they feel about us in that moment or we know how they're expressing themselves. But it seems like we have a much harder time when it's everything in between, where there's indifference, there's mystery. We don't know what somebody's thinking. It seems like when people are existing in more of a gray area, we project more onto them or misinterpret them. So when someone's at their worst, at least we know how they feel and we feel about it. And when someone's at their best, we again know how they feel and we feel. They feel and we feel. Have you met my children? They're twins. They feel and we feel. Uh, but there is something to be said for that, for the idea that it's the in-between that we struggle the most with when it comes to other people. Because there is some mystery there. There is something that tells us, I don't know everything that's going on. Whereas the best and the worst, at least we know. And it's, it's also that, that in-between, that's when we get bored with people. There's a reason why people stay in toxic relationships, and it's not just because they're afraid, although that is a part of it. It's also because it's exciting, because it's interesting. And even though there's this pervasive negativity and toxicity to it, it again, they know how they feel and they know how the other person feels, and there is some excitement, there is something that keeps them interested. Because even if all they're doing is complaining to their friends all the time, even if all they're doing is bitching about it, they at least are expressing something. And it's when people get bored in a relationship, you know, that's when they seem to really suffer. Or not really suffer, but when they seem to just have the most difficult time, that's when the, the dread sets in. And so in that way, people are constantly seeking both the best and the worst out of people. And 
they get really messed up and twisted up when they have to deal with everything in between. But everything in between is real too. And if everything is only at its best and worst all the time, it's probably pretty fucked up in its own right. But it is interesting how it seems to be the best and the worst of people and things and ideas for that matter that we have the most difficult time with. Children can